This podcast was created on Messy. Create your own show today at Messy.fm. City fans, this is your host Gavin Rushnell, and welcome back to the OC Lions Blog Podcast, a fan's perspective of Orlando City Soccer Club. Today, I'm going to be going into detail about the Minnesota draw. I have here it says win by accident from the SKC win. No, we tied against Minnesota. Should have won. Very frustrating result. That um, going to do the stats as I've started doing recently. Going to do around the league. Going to be talking about the league. Fun fact of the day. And, of course, previewing tomorrow's game. Yes, it is a little bit late, this episode coming out. The game did happen on Saturday. Today is Thursday. I really need to digest that last result. If I'm honest with you guys, it was just so frustrating. It was it was disappointing, heart-wrenching, all the adjectives to describe it just it hurt it hurt it was annoying so i mean i was literally in tears of frustration when that goal went in not necessarily did we deserve to win that game because we didn't we didn't deserve to win the game but we needed to win the game we needed the three points we needed this club to skyrocket themselves into playoff contention. And what better way to do that than against the second place team in the West on the road when you're 1-0 up and there's three minutes left and a ball thrown into the box just bounces around and ends up in the back of the net. It was very frustrating and I needed some time to digest and think about the game and to rewatch the game and See what we did well, what we didn't do well, what Minnesota did well, what they didn't do well, and just try to explain why the fuck they scored on us. So we're going to be talking about that and all the other stuff I previously mentioned. Before that, though, I want to go into really quickly um, Twitter. My Twitter is at OCLinesBlog, Instagram at OCLinesBlog, and my website, www.OCLinesBlogPodcast. Let your friends know about it. Um, This is the first time I'm talking about this. When I hit 100 subscribers, or no, followers, that's the word, on Twitter, I will be doing a giveaway. And the giveaway, whoever wins it, gets to be on the podcast. That is correct. I will have you as a special guest on the podcast one episode. So if you want to be on a podcast, let your friends know, tell them to follow. When I hit that special 100 mark, I will put up a post. I will give it a couple days and then I will be picking a winner and then I'll be releasing a podcast with them probably, probably after... Gosh, a home game. I don't know. I haven't really thought about that. 
or if we'll talk about the game or if we'll just talk about something, just Orlando City in general. But yeah, let your friends know. Um, follow me on Twitter if they have a Twitter and get that. help me get that number up to 100 if you want to be on the podcast. And then, of course, hopefully you win that. Other than that, though, we are going to go into the Minnesota game. The first half, all Minnesota. Um, I mean, I was we were lucky. We were extremely lucky to get out of the first half without conceding. I mean, they had a goal that was offside, correctly ruled offside. We have an amazing save by Rowe. They had a they had a great passage of play. They passed the ball out to the right. They crossed it in, and I can't remember who took the final shot. Was it Contero? Contero got no. Did he? I don't really remember if it was a pass out to the right or if that one was in the second half. But Contero was the wrong goal through the middle, and he shot and Rowe saved. Dove to Rowe sa- dove to his right and saved. Very very good goalkeeping by Rowe, and. Basically, we just struggled to get out of our own half. Like, we barely attacked that half. A couple of chances here and there, but nothing crazy. I mean, not only were we lucky because we were, like, really dug in deep, but, like, Kamal Miller had a handball, and I have no clue how that wasn't a penalty. Like, guys, when I say I have no clue how that wasn't a penalty, I have no clue. The ball struck his arm. It was in the box. I thought it was a handball from the start. His arm was away from the body. The ball struck his arm. It blocked a chance for the ball to go into the box. It's like, for me, it's a stonewall penalty. If that's not called, kind of similar to the one against NYCFC. If that's not called, I'm frustrated when I'm Minnesota. And they have every right to be frustrated. We got very lucky with that call. We got very lucky with that call to not go down 1-0 before the half. And... I'm still kind of flabbergasted about how that wasn't called. Stonewall penalty, VAR looks at it, says not a clear and obvious mistake. That, I don't know, guys. That was clear and obvious to me. Um, but I'll take it. We've had our we've had our fair share of shit calls against us. We deserve some luck. We got some luck today. We've, des- we've gotten kind of lucky with some calls throughout the course of the season. Obviously, early on, no, but... More recently, VAR has kind of been helping us, so we'll stick with it for now. But, yeah, lucky in that instance to not concede a penalty. Um, Our only real chance of the half, guys, was the Robinho chance. Obviously, that was the biggest chance. But, you know, he's stretching to get the ball. I mean, it's very hard to score like that. Benji fizzed that ball in there. He put that cross in. Robinho... Has a chance to shoot it, but he's he's leaning towards the ball, still lean or okay, he's leaning back, but he's like lunging towards the ball. He hits it, goes wide, like not mad at Robinho at that chance for missing that chance at all. Not really that big of a deal during the game. And then late in the half, Finley and Contero were both inches away from a goal, sliding in on a cross ball that we did not defend well. We were just lucky that the ball was if it was just a couple of inches back, maybe a couple of inches slower even. We're 1-0 down again at the half. So, yes, as I've been saying, lucky to get out of the first half without conceding. Into the second half, though, halftime sub by James O'Connor. I don't know if this was pre-planned. It didn't look pre-planned because we saw Robinho in tears um, or struggling to see that 
see that he was taken off at halftime. I mean, let's look at this quote on Twitter um, by Mike Gramajo, at by Mike Gramajo, if you want to look him up. G-R-A-M-A-J-O is the last name, Gramajo. He says, I asked J-O-C about Robinho halftime substitution last Saturday. He's come here, J-O-C's quote is, he's come here to be successful and I think he wants to go and achieve things. So I think he was a little frustrated or disappointed. The biggest thing for me is I want people who care, which shows his level of commitment. Huh. So I personally was hoping that it it was it was game related because if it was something like a family problem, you never want to see that. Like I'm, I've heard that was instantly what came to my brain. I've heard of instances where players have to come off at halftime. Have they learn at halftime that something drastic has happened in their family? Maybe a, a mother or father in the hospital. Maybe a child um, having an accident. Something terrible. I was very relieved that was that it was only game related and and that was good to hear for me. I, that was a big relief. It's still sad. But I agree with James O'Connor. It shows his commitment. He wants to be a a fixture in this team. He wants to be successful. And that's the type of players we need. You know, James O'Connor is always talking about next man up mentality. That shows me next man up mentality. Robinho wanted to take his chance. He didn't really take his chance and he was frustrated by it. That, That shows commitment. That shows love for this team. That's the type of players we need. That's the type of player this players this league needs. You know, there's been talks about Zlatan and and um, was it Demarcus Beasley as well saying it doesn't matter when you lose as long as you get to sixth or seventh place. Um, like that's true. Who cares if you lose if sixth place is the minimum and that's when you really have to turn up. I mean. New York Red Red Bulls had a monster season last season, breaking the points record and and winning the charity or the uh, supporter shield. No one gave a fuck that they won the supporter shield. They didn't win the MLS Cup. Atlanta did, who were in second. I mean, I I could go on that for days. I think supporter shield should be worth more than MLS Cup, but America likes playoff formats better than league formats. But anyways. I think the league needs Robinho-type players frustrated when they don't take their chance, really wanting to take their chance. And I'm very – it's sad to see, but but it's also great to see. It shows his level of commitment for this team. But in terms of Pereira's debut, I was very happy with it. Um, You know, he's not going to be perfect, guys. Let's be real with each other with ourselves. He's not going to be perfect. He's not going to come in and be way better than Yoshimar Yotun, who is one of the best players in Orlando city history. In my opinion, literally last season, he left for whatever international games he had to go to. I think was it the world cup. I think it was the world cup. And then we fell apart as soon as he left and he came back and we started playing okay again. But obviously by that point, our season was over, but like all one one month and our our season just plummeted and 
just, it was a struggle without him. Pereira's not going to come in and just do better than that. But he was linking the defense to the attack really well, in my opinion. He was dropping deep, getting the ball. Yes, him, Nani, and players were not on the same wavelength. That is going to come with time. It was a very positive debut, in my opinion. Very, very positive debut. There are things to work on. There are definitely things to work on in terms of, you know, chemistry, knowing where to be on defense, knowing where to be on offense. Uh, That's going to come with time in terms of knowing your teammates, knowing the style that James O'Connor wants to play. And But the more minutes he gets, the more that is going to help. I don't think he's going to get the start against Atlanta today, actually. Um, But, you know, I think he will get more minutes. Or I guess he... He'll get minutes at some point, not more minutes, because I don't see a halftime substitution again. But he might get 30 to 25 minutes on later in this game. I just don't see him starting. But I think he helped with my next point here. Um, we controlled possession early on, in my opinion. We we really saw that they were overrunning us, really and that we needed to control possession of the ball if we wanted to get out of this game alive. And that came from James O'Connor's tactics. He was was compacting the field. He was compacting the middle. And so players were closer to each other and were able to really make an easier, more simple pass instead of being too spread out and having passes picked off, which was happening a lot in the first half. Instead, um, James O'Connor's tactics compacted the field, we and we also had Pereira on, who's a very good passer of the ball, good movement off the ball. He knew where to be um, in terms of in deeper in the field. He knew where to be to win, not not to win the ball, win the ball back, but to be an option. Um, I mean, he made twenty nine passes in the forty five minutes. That's you know not a ton, but it's a decent amount. It shows that he was involved in the build up play. Um, and trying to help and keep possession. So that was down to James O'Connor's tactics. And then, you know, Minnesota were still dangerous. Like, we controlled possession, but we, again, our big thing has been our struggles in the attack. And Minnesota were still dangerous. If we need to control possession, we need to also control the, our attacking play and have attacking chances. Instead, we were still giving up chances. I mean, Rowe was forced into an amazing save. That cross along the box from the right-hand side, that first-time shot, Rowe diving, having a very strong hand to block the ball. I mean, that was a really good save. Kept us nil-nil. Nil-nil. That's such an important part of the point of the game. Just a couple minutes later, we got the penalty. I mean, Tesho with eyes in the back of his head. Oh, beautiful ball. Just turns and hits it first time. Sends Nani Threw on goal. Perfect ball. Perfectly weighted. His vision was brilliant. And he hit... I mean, Tesho was really on form today. He was... Or not not today, but Saturday. Today's Friday. It's game day, actually. He was feeling it. Tesho was feeling it. And then Nani. His experience was perfect there. He got his body in front of Opara at the perfect time. He did everything that a winger is supposed to do in that situation. If if you're not going to go for goal, if you're going to look for the penalty, 
then you better you better earn that penalty. And that's exactly what he did. He got his body in front of Opara. He got hit. And then he, he, he won the penalty and stonewall penalty. And then he had nerves of steel and slotted it home. So great stuff by Nani. And then we went into our defensive shell. And to Orlando's credit, we did very well to not concede a lot of clear-cut chances from Minnesota between our goal and their goal. We did very, very well. I thought we controlled possession. I thought the hold-up play was great. I was actually, you know, finally starting to think, like, we can get through this. We can get through this. Like, I was super nervous, but I was still like, I think we can do this, guys. And then a random-ass ball played into the box from a throw-in ruins everything. Gets knocked down. uh, Rebound off of Janssen's leg falls to whoever scored the goal. And goal in the back of the net. It's very frustrating. I mean, the, my only problem was if you rewatch the play, Sane watches Opara. I mean, Sane was supposed, or Opara was in Sane's zone. We were zonal marking. It was obvious we were doing zonal marking. And I wish we would have just done man marking. And I think that might be something that we could see change. We should do man marking in situations like this, not zonal. And. Opara gets a running start on the throw-in. And it's Opara versus Asquas. But he's next to Sané on the start of his run. I wish Sané would have just followed Opara. We wouldn't have had a problem with it because Sané's a big guy and he would have headed it clear. Um, hopefully, at least. Instead, Opara gets a running start versus Asquas, who obviously he gets beat. Opara heads it on. And then that's where the awkward thing with Janssen happens, falls to the attacker's feet, and it's in the back of the net. If we're doing man marking there, Sane versus Opara, it's 50-50 shot. Maybe the headed on ball by Opara doesn't go anywhere. Maybe it goes out of bounds or it just Sane heads it out for a corner, something. If we're not doing zonal marking, we probably don't concede. And if you look at the Toronto goal again, I'm pretty sure we're doing zonal marking there as well. And it didn't work. So maybe, you know, late in the game, you know, somebody get a man, win the ball, get out. Because, like, we cannot keep conceding these late goals. Fucking frustrating. It's so fucking frustrating. Uh, it is so frustrating that we can't, especially the last two games, it's just random balls put into the box. Like, okay, this one was more random than last than Toronto because it was that one was a free kick. But it's still, it's a ball into the box off of a set piece. It's not good enough. And then, you know, late in the game, we got our hopes up penalty was given for the handball but Tesha looked offside for me from the start I got my hopes up and then like as soon as it went to VAR I was like oh like even before I saw the uh the video review I was like oh this this is not a penalty they're gonna call it offsides and then the video review showed it and it's like he's 100% offsides so that was a buzz kill but um 1-1 is still a very good result I've been saying this if you asked me before the game and you said, would you take a 1-1? Yes, 150%. Second place team in the West definitely would take a 1-1. But no. The fashion that we lost our lead in this game, I would not take it. No. I mean, it's a, it's a positive result. It's a very, very, very positive result. We went to a Western opponent who is second place in the West, which is a harder 
bracket than the East, if we're honest with each other. And, and we got a point away from home, which we've been very, which we've been very good at, but away points are hard to get in this league. And we got one and we've been getting them all season. It's our home form where we struggle. And so again, this is, it's, it's just hard. It's hard to put into words how good it feels to go and get a point, but how frustrating it feels to not leave with three. It's just, it's very hard to put into words. But if we go into the player ratings for the game, my man of the match, first off, Roe, I gave him a 10 out of 10. I think he deserves it. He was brilliant, made save after save to keep us in the game, and unfortunately um, couldn't do anything about the goal. I, I'm not going to... I'm not going to attack him for the goal. Like it's not, none of these late goals are really his fault. Like it's just poor. I don't know if it's poor communication or movement or just random shit happens at the end of games. And we need to stop allowing the random, the randomness of the ball. Like we need to work on clearing the ball. Like I think Janssen, it's so random. The ball's moving so fast. It looks easier in slow motion to just put your foot through it. Instead, it bounces off of him and it goes in. Like maybe on a different day, and if the ball falls differently, he clears it out. And it's just it's so random. So Roe is not at fault for this goal. So for me, ten out of ten, he did everything he could. Man of the match, Smith, six out of ten. Thought he had a pretty good game. Um, I'm getting real tired of people saying Smith isn't good enough. Smith is shit. Smith is awful. He's a proper defender, guys. There's a reason why we've only conceded like two goals in our last four games with Smith on the field. He's a proper right back defender. He's not going to bomb up the wing and be Juan. He's not going to give us that attacking outlet, but he, he knows how to defend. He's not very technical. He's not the best at passing. He's not the best at dribbling, although he's shown flashes of a couple dribbling skills here and there. And he's not even the best at crossing. But if you want somebody who will sit and lock down that right hand side on defense, Smith is the best we've got right now, and I'm fine with him being at that at that backup right back role for Huan. And so, I mean, I'm getting real tired of people saying he's he's awful because he's not. He's a role player, and we need players like that. Next man up mentality. There is a reason James O'Connor brought him to this club from Louisville FC. Six out of ten for him tonight. Sane seven out of ten. Janssen seven out of ten. Miller seven out of ten. Very good defense all around. Um, today from the back four, especially in that second half. Mendez, 6 out of 10. Johnson, 5 out of 10. Both of them didn't really seem their normal selves. They were all right, average, not terrible, not amazing. So 6 for Mendez and 5 for Johnson. Nani, uh, 6 out of 10. I was kind of frustrated with him today. He was really slowing stuff down. Uh, he was really slowing our attacks down in the second half. And, I mean, you can see that it was deliberate. You, he wanted to slow the game down. He wanted to control possession, but sometimes it was just frustrating watching him just hold the ball instead of, you know, pass it up the wing or, or something to try and get an attack formulating. Instead, he just held on to it too long. And I mean, he, he won the penalty, scored the goal. I mean, that he's still above average for that, but his overall play was not amazing for me. So six out of 10. Robinho, five out of 10. He only had a half to, uh, really stamp his influence on the game and he couldn't. Dwyer, four out of 10. Struggled with the game again. Um, didn't really have an impact. Hold up play was decent. A lot of times he was on the ground though. 
claiming for a foul, barely ever gets fouls. It's really frustrating to watch. And just overall, again, not amazing performance from him. Benji Michel, 6 out of 10, ran his ass off. It's fine with him. Pereira gave him a 6 out of 10 for his debut. Akindele, 7 out of 10. Again, I think he was really on it on Saturday. And he was really, um, I mean, that turn, mm, mm, that turn in midfield that led to the shot. He was feeling himself against Minnesota. We need him feeling himself tonight if we are going to win against Atlanta, which we will talk about in a little bit. And Asquas, 6 out of 10. Let's look at some of the stats real quick. I'm going to go into the stats portion of this. Um, where is it? There it is. Okay, so shots. Minnesota 22, Orlando City 5. Shots on target. Minnesota 6, Orlando 3. So they clearly had, uh, and that was more of the first half than the second half, but they clearly had the advantage in shots and shots on target, as is per usual these days for us. They had 55%. We had 45% possession. Pass accuracies were about the same, 82% for them, 80% for us. Fouls, they had 11. We only had 6. They had 3 yellow cards. We had 1. No red cards for the team. Offsides, about the same. They had 2. We had 3. And they had 4 corners, and we had none. Not a lot of takeaways in terms of the stats today, but... It was just that Minnesota dominated that first half, and we fought hard in the second half to earn something from this game. Um, the only, my only problem is zero corners. Um, we have tall center backs. We have big players in there. We need to like start playing for more corners. It, it could be a weapon of ours. It, I mean, maybe they've tried on the training ground, and Janssen and, and Sané just aren't that good at corners in terms of heading the ball into the back of the net. And so maybe they just said, you know what, we're going to try and keep the ball in play. We're not going to play for set pieces. Like maybe that's what's going on, but we never seem to have a lot of corners. And maybe that's just because Minnesota, the way they defended and the way they dominated the first half and the way we played the second half, which was keep the ball kind of in the midfield and in our half, just don't let them have the ball. That could be why we didn't have any corners, but Still annoying not to see a single corner throughout the whole entire game. But other than that, not many takeaways from around that. Let's look around the league, though. A lot of games going on since the last time y'all heard me ramble on. But in terms of Saturday, New York Red Bulls and New England played out to a 1-1 draw with Gustavo Bo getting on the score sheet for New England and Rizat, oh my, Rizatkowski for New York. <clears throat> Excuse me. Massive, massive game for us in terms of our playoff race. Montreal, we're 3-0 up in the 56th minute. Actually, all the way to the 59th minute. Montreal, we're 3-0 up at home. FC Dallas helping us out again. They lost to us 2-0, and then they come back from 3-0 down on the road to score, or, well, yeah, score three goals to get a draw and take two points away from Montreal. Their fans are not going to be happy for that. Um, so that was a big result for us. Columbus tying 2-2 with Toronto at home. Big result for them, in my opinion, as they've had a pretty poor season. Pedro Santos and David Akam getting on the score sheet. Score sheet Jonathan Osorio and Josie Altidore for Toronto. A, a 90th minute goal from Josie Altidore, actually. So they came back. Did they come back from 2-0 down? No, no, no. Okay, they came back from 2-1. to one. 
New York City FC putting more goals against FC Cincinnati, four to one. Um, that's not a surprise away from home even FC Cincinnati's been poor all season. We tied against Minnesota one one. Chicago beating first place or second place Philadelphia now that Atlanta has finally taken the helm. Two nil with a red card. Nemanja Nikolic scoring 38th minute and the 45th minute. And then Nicholas Gaetan getting a red card in the 45th plus third minute into stoppage time. So wow. Philadelphia not being able to score with 10 with an extra man on the field for a whole entire half. That's a good result for Chicago. That keeps them in the race for the playoffs. Sporting KC beating San Jose 2-1. to one. Uh, That's a big game. Chris Wondolowski getting on the score sheet. Seems like he found his shooting boots again. Um, so, yeah, good for Sporting KC. Makes me feel good for beating them since we play San Jose soon. Except that one's on the road. Houston Dynamo. Mario Manotas getting two goals, and Diego Rubio getting two goals. 2-2 was the final score there. LAFC beating RSL 2-0. Vancouver beating DC United 1-0. Jordi Reyna, isn't that their young guy? Um, I think it is. Vancouver winning 1-0 against DC United. They have really gone off the rails recently. Um, I believe they lost another game midweek. Yes, they did. LA Galaxy and Seattle Sounders. I actually watched this game... Crazy game. I would recommend you watch the highlights of this one. Zlatan getting two goals, a penalty, and a free header in the box, I'm pretty sure, after getting a red card in the sixth minute. Six minutes into the game, they had a red card. They were down to 10 men. Raul Rui Diaz scoring in the 42nd minute to put Seattle Sounders up. Zlatan um, responded three minutes later in the 45th minute. And then Zaltan scoring again. LA Galaxy were 2-1 up with 10 men. And then the most random own goal, the keeper, this was comedy. The keeper, I don't know what he was even thinking, runs out. And I think he heads the ball. And his header hits the defender, Skeljevic or whatever. And the ball, and it hits the defender off the head and rolls into the net. I mean, like, the ball rolled a good 25 to 30 yards. And it was rolling. That's just how fast it was rolling. Nobody could get to it. And ends up in the back of the net. Hilarious own goal. Very fun game to watch, though. 2 2 was the end score there. And then on Sunday, Atlanta dispatching of Portland 2 0. Looks like a pretty even game, but Atlanta were just clinical with their chances, whereas Portland had been poor at home this season. And then yesterday, so Thursday, NYCFC beating. Oh, no, this was Wednesday. Why does it say yesterday? I don't know. NYCFC beat Columbus 1-0. Va- Valentin Castellanos, Castellanos scoring there. DC United losing again, um, this time to New York Red Bulls, with both teams getting a red card. Um, Romero and Royer scoring for Red Bulls. Ola Kamara for DC United. Wayne Rooney getting a red card in the 24th minute. And, oh, wow, former Orlando City player Amro Tarek getting a red card in the 45th plus third minute. And then LAFC destroying San Jose, um, especially with that Carlos Velo goal that I'm sure we have all seen. And then finally, to yesterday, Thursday, Sporting KC beating Minnesota United 1-0 after an 88th-minute goal from Eric Hurtado. So we got some crazy results going on. I mean, this is a crazy league in general. Just the most random stuff happens, like LAFC play against... Okay, not LAFC, but like 
just random stuff happens all the time. I mean, Columbus tying Toronto. I don't think anybody saw that. Chicago beating Philadelphia. Don't think anybody saw that. DC United losing two games in the span of a week. Didn't see that. Just the most random stuff happens nowadays. It's, it's kind of, it's a, it's a crazy league. It's a competitive league. Um, fun to watch. Definitely fun to watch. Just watching the good teams play really good one week and then they go against a bad team and the bad team makes them look like kids. It's just really weird. Just a weird league in general. But let's keep moving on as we have other stuff to talk about. Um, with today's fun fact, that's correct. We have a fun fact today. Only LAFC, RSL, Atlanta, and NYCFC have less goals against than us. That puts us as the fifth best defense in the league. And we have 27 games played, whereas everybody else has either 27 or 26. Some even have... Um, Columbus has 28, but they have way more games or uh, goals than us. But most teams have less or equal games played than us, which is crazy. That is in and of itself, that shows our defense has been stellar this season. In and of itself, it's brilliant. We have not been conceding goals. James O'Connor has really fixed this defense. And all it took was Janssen. I mean, I guess we did reshape our whole entire back four minus Sané, who was out for most of last season. So we have a totally new back four, I guess, with Moutinho, Janssen, Sané, and Juan. And then Rowe in the back. Um being the uh, the organizer of all of them, but that 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 is massive. Fifth best defense in the league. A year after, excuse me, a year after being the worst defense of all time. That that is improvement. Now we just need to work on the offense, and it's so weird because our defense has been so good, but it's still going to be our downfall this season if we don't make the playoffs. Again, Chicago, Toronto, um, Philadelphia. Portland, and now Minnesota. Two points dropped each of those games. Ten points dropped. It's not good enough. And it's just late defensive mistakes and randomness happening. And it our defense is going to be our downfall after having such an amazing season. But I'm still proud of the guys. Fifth best defense in the league with a couple games to go, about ten games to go, nine games to go. That's awesome. That is awesome. But now what you're all really here for, I've spent too much time talking about random stuff already. Atlanta versus Orlando City tonight. 8 p.m. I will be there. I will be in the wall. I will be passing out um, business cards. That's the word. That is the word. If you want to meet up with me, I'll be in the wall somewhere. I'll probably post a picture and let y'all know if you want to meet me. Um, going to be a fun game tonight. It's going to be crazy. I am fully expecting a crazy game, crazy atmosphere. I'm, I, I think the fans are going to show up. I think this is. It's definitely going to be busier than the Open Cup game because there was empty sections in that one, whereas this one won't. I don't think we'll sell out, but this is a big game. I think a lot of people, for some reason or another, think that we could win this one. It's a home game against a team we've never beaten, our main rivals. 
I think we can beat them. I'll let you know my prediction after I talk about them in general. But um, it's going to be difficult. I mean, their form right now, five wins in a row, if you count the Campionas Cup win. If you don't, it's a loss, win, 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 win. So they're a good team, guys. We all know what we're going to get from them. I mean, they have a ton of injuries right now, actually. They are, Breck Shea's out for the season, not a big deal. Probably aids them, then hurts them. Um, obviously, don't wish anything bad on any player, but, you know, Breck Shea is just not that good. Brandon Vazquez is out. Um, Eric Remedy, who scored on us last time, out. Franco Escobar, defender, out. And then questionable Mikey Ambrose. So they have a pretty lengthy injury list, but they still have so much firepower that should not be a problem for them. As for us, the same as usual. Draw Mitinho out, Juan out. Just this time, Higuita is on the questionable list. I doubt we see him. Maybe, in maybe, maybe, big maybe on the bench. I doubt that. I doubt that. Highly, highly doubt that. Um, but yeah, as I was saying earlier, we know what we're going to get. They're going to be going after 50-50 balls. They're going to try to hit us in transition. We really have to be cognizant of transition, both when we have the transition opportunities and when they have transition opportunities. Because we could, you know, we could be like, oh, transition opportunity. Everybody go. Or everybody who's supposed to go, go. Everybody goes. Something bad happens. We lose the ball. And all of a sudden, they have four or five players swarming our defense, just like they did against us in the Open Cup, and we're down 1-0 in the first 30 minutes. That would be awful. We do not need that. We really need to keep possession and control the pace of this game at home. I know we're not the best when we're the team trying to control the possession, but it is necessary if we want to win this game. And I think the second half is where all the action is going to happen. I think the first half is just going to be, you know what? Keep it nil-nil. Keep it nil-nil. Sneak a goal in in the second half. And when I say defend for your lives, defend for your lives. Because they're going to swarm. And go back to a, a go to a 5-4-1. And literally just have that one being a center attacking mid, who's basically a center defensive mid. Like, have everybody in stopping a goal. And we can do that. We have shown that we can do that this season. Just not against the amazing teams like Atlanta. We have to though if we want to make the cha- if we want to make the playoffs, and I mean like w- keeping possession and controlling the pace of the game is it's just going to be one key factor to us winning this game, basically. And you know the out the outlook of the game if we are to win this I think will look like first half nil nils either team getting a couple chances but nothing crazy. Uh, second half trying to keep more possession maybe Pereira comes on. Uh, try to keep more possession, try to formulate a couple of attacking opportunities while still being cautious of a counterattack. And then if we sneak a goal, maybe earn a penalty, maybe score off a corner or a free kick, something. If we sneak a goal in, get back, play defense, play, play defense. And I mean, like it's a, it's a sad way to, to go about it tactically. And we want to see pretty football. We want to see us go and score one, two, three, four goals against Atlanta and really put them in their place. As much as I'd love to see it happen, I don't see it happening, unfortunately. And um, I mean, there's still other things we need to focus on in this game. We need to focus on no silly fouls. Um, we cannot foul in dangerous areas because we struggle with defending set pieces. And But we still need to play aggressive. We need to play aggressive in the middle third of the field. 
because Atlanta don't really like to play that aggressive. I mean, against us, maybe a little bit more aggressive, obviously, because it's a main rivalry. But in terms of overall, they're not that aggressive of a team. And then after we foul them, we have to stay switched on. That's something that I think we have struggled with this season is staying switched on after after the ball's gone out of play, after the play is stopped by the referee. We have to, have to, have to play aggressive, stop them from keeping possession uh, or having a good flowing possession move. And then when we foul them, stay and switch on. That's what we got to do. And But we can't foul in dangerous areas. We can't foul near the end line. We can't foul, you know, like by the corners of the box, not in front of the box either. They they could definitely hurt us on a, on a free kick opportunity. We just have to be smart. We have to be smart. We have to take our chances. Obviously, earlier I said we need to sneak a goal, take our chances, and um, staying on side. This is another thing for me. Last time when we played him in the Open Cup, we were off sides too much. Uh, it really hindered our attacking play uh, because basically every time we had an attack, we would be called off sides. We would not be able to continue on that attack. Not only that, but then we would have to sit back and go back into defense mode. If you're on side, even if you lose the ball, you have a chance of winning it in midfield and transitioning. When you're offside, offside's play goes dead, they automatically get possession back. And that just forces you deeper and deeper and deeper into your half. We need to work on staying on side, sitting a little bit deeper in terms of our line of engagement when we are attacking. Excuse me. We don't have to play on the last defender because that hasn't really helped us. The only time that really helped us was last week against Minnesota. And still then, Nani was not on the last defender. He just sprinted past them because of a beautifully weighted through ball. I'm predicting a 1-0 win. I think it's going to happen. Like I said earlier, um, I think the outlook of the game is going to be 0-0 first half. And then second half, we sneak a goal somewhere in the last 20 minutes. And we actually see it out. I mean, we have playoffs on the doorstep. We're going to have a massive crowd, a very loud crowd on a steamy night. It's always a steamy night in Orlando. Um, Atlanta traveling back from Portland. They got back on Monday, I believe. And while we did travel back from Minnesota, this is our home field. We're comfortable here. Um, they had to travel back from Portland and then turn around and travel out here to Orlando. So a lot of travel for the Atlanta players. We still have the semifinals fresh in our minds. That's got to be stinging the players. They did not make the Open Cup final. They did not make history. Uh, I mean, they did, but semi nobody remembers a semifinals loss. Like, let's be real. I think the boys can go out there and play out of their skins, get a crucial three points. I mean, crucial, crucial, crucial three points. This, re- If we were to get a win tonight, we have three more points, and then we have LAFC and San Jose coming up. That gives us a confidence boost. That gets us a weight off of our shoulders. And that could potentially start a run, maybe not against LAFC, but in terms of our home games, that could put off that could put on a run for our home games. You know, maybe we beat Atlanta, tie LAFC somehow, <laughs> like a nil-nil draw, I mean, in terms of a tie. Um, and then we have some some home games coming up after that that we go and we just win um, where our home form improves and our away form hopefully stays the same. And that could skyrocket us into the playoffs, especially with DC United struggling, especially with Montreal struggling. And did, did Montreal, I believe Montreal fired their head coach and brought in Houston's head, old head coach Cabrera. 
I believe they did that. So hopefully that has a negative effect and not a positive effect and Montreal just struggle for the rest of the season because I could see them drop out of the playoff race. DC United are struggling heavily right now, especially with Wayne Rooney get set to miss the next game. Uh, who are DC United playing this weekend? Let's look at that. Um, matches. Philadelphia. Away. So they could potentially lose again. And that they'd be on 39 points still. No, no, no. Yeah, 39 points still. And we'd be on 34, 35, 36, 30. We'd be on 37 if we won. All, this is a lot of ifs, obviously. If they lose to Philadelphia on the road. If we beat Atlanta, we still have a game in hand and we are only two points behind them. So it's possible, guys. It's possible. I think the only locked in teams right now in terms of the playoffs are the top four Atlanta, Philadelphia, NYCFC, New York Red Bulls. Um, if New England keep playing the way they're playing, probably New England too. I would probably have them in the playoffs. They deserve it. They've had a good end to the season. So New England, but. DC United, Montreal Impact, Orlando City, Toronto FC, and Chicago are not locked into the playoffs yet. Any two of us of those one, two, three, four, five teams I listed will take up those last two remaining slots. I think we can do it, but we have to start winning games, and it starts tonight. Um, locking down Joseph Martinez. Locking down PT Martinez. You know, getting... Getting some shots on goal. Uh, finishing our chances. Taking good touches when we need to take good touches. Just defending well in general. Counterattacking correctly. Playing the smart pass. All this stuff. It, it, it all needs to come together tonight. It all needs to come together to stop a team who has won their last five games on the trot. A um, couple injuries their way, a couple injuries our way, and just go out there, leave it all on the field. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. If it does, then it does. I'm predicting a 1-0 win. I want to know what you guys have to think. Hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at OC Lions blog or the website www.oclinesblog.com. You will see me tonight in the wall. I'll be wearing my game-worn Mueller jersey. Um, I'll be cheering my heart out, singing all the chants, having a blast, and hopefully watching Orlando City beat Atlanta United for the first time ever. You guys have a wonderful night. I will probably talk to you tomorrow um, on the post-game podcast for this game that's coming up tonight. Let me know what you think, though. And my Twitter, Instagram, all that fun stuff. And yeah, other than that, just pray we win. Vamos Orlando, guys. That's all I really have to say.